successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get a hooter. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today on the KMBZ Business Channel, 1660 AM. And on KMBZ.com. Uh, great shows today. We're going to have a big one. You can connect with us on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and at Jason Grill. Uh, co-host today, guest co-host and supporter of Grill Nation is in studio today, Andrew Bash. Thanks for joining us today from the Thanks Bash Thanks for having group. me, Jason. I want to also thank all of our sponsors and supporters and partners of Grill Nation. Kenny Ertz Perry Law Firm. John Kenny Ertz is a guest co-host and contributor. The Bash Group, obviously, with Andrew Bash. Uh, Ryan Maybe from the Rieger Hotel Grill and Exchange and Jay Grieger and Co. Catalyst, Government Affairs, Political Contributors, Danny Pfeiffer, and Kansas City Power and Light District. Uh, we're going to have Matt Condon on the show later today. Matt Condon is the CEO of Bardavon Health Innovations and CEO of ARC Physical Therapy Plus. He's also the head of the Greater Kansas City Chamber of Commerce's Big Five Initiative for the Entrepreneurship Section. be a very exciting interview, so uh, looking forward to hearing about that more later on in the show. In our first segment today, I'd like to welcome Mike Lundgren in studio, who is the innovation strategist and partner at VML, as well as via phone, the executive producer of the Planetary and a founder of, and president of Reconsider, uh, Steve Apcon. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, hey there. Thanks for having us. So let's start with Mike. Um, Mike, kind of take us through what's going on with the, uh, the Planetary Evening film that we're going to be having on May 9th. Sure, yeah. May 9th at the Folly Theater. I mean, if anybody's ever been to the Folly Theater, they know what a historic and amazing venue that is. Perfect for film and discussions. That's what we're doing. There's going to be a, a, a screening of the film Planetary. It's actually one night only that we'll have it in Kansas City. Uh, we're also going to feature talks uh, by one of the featured astronauts, Ron Guerin, and a couple of the filmmakers are going to be there as well. So spectacular evening planned as well as uh, some interesting performances. So so it's, we got the film, we have a panel discussion, Yeah, we're going to have a performance. Um, I want to, Steve, tell us about the movie. What is Planetary? Well, the movie really is a, uh, is, is a meditation on what it means to be planetary, what it means to be living on this rock spinning through this incredible universe. And uh, it's the result of three uh, young filmmakers traveling around the world twice over, uh, meeting with an amazing score of people, including the astronauts, as Mike mentioned, uh, and uh, and talking about how to connect ourselves to this experience of being alive and being on this planet. Very interesting. We've uh, we watched the uh, the trailer this morning, Andrew. What did you think of that? I, I was blown away. It was um, it was fantastic to see. It, it immediately reminded me of a book I just started reading about uh, the integral theory. When I wondered if that had anything to do with these guys are where they're coming from and the idea of how how bigger everything is and what we think it is, you know, as far as somebody even mentioned it in the trailer about just we all kind of stay in our own minds and our own worlds and don't think about how big and grand everything really is or can be. Sure, both how big it is and also how connected we are. Yeah. So what does it really mean to be planetary? Well, I think that that's that place of connection. You know, it's interesting that um, so many astronauts, there have been about 500 that have gone into space, and they all come back with basically a singular experience, which is to look back at the Earth and understand that we are, uh, in, in, in the greatest essence, all one. So being planetary is that sense of connection um, and not separation from each other. And then how do we make decisions uh, in our daily lives and the ways in which we, we uh, work together and, uh, and take care of this planet um, from a place of affection and not from a place of, of fear and disconnection. Yeah, and Steve, why this film at this moment? Well, it's a great question. I think that we're at a, at a precipice. We are at a place where you hear lots of people talking about the Anthropocene 
and this idea that uh, that we have had the biggest impact on the earth uh, that uh, we've ever had in the history of mankind over the past hundred years, and uh, and have taken to a place where that impact is putting uh, putting the earth in, in balance, um, in and uh, and. And uh, this is the moment in which we need to begin to make some decisions about how we want to uh, to impact the Earth. Interesting. Uh, Mike, uh, I want to ask you this. I know the film has been screened at different events and festivals, such as South by Southwest, and is getting great reviews. How did you secure this coming to Kansas City? I know it was a big collaboration. We had, had met Steve and some of the other people involved in the project, and we did a, a private screening of it. And it is truly an exceptional documentary. In fact, that's exactly what Sir Richard Branson said. And uh, I think what I like about this film the most is that it's more carrot than stick. Um, For whatever reason, people just don't care enough about the planet we live on. Um, And if they did, they'd act in their best interest. And and, and by association, that would be the best interest of the planet as well. And I think what I love about this film is that it creates a love for this place where we all live this this place this goldilocks planet that allows life to exist uh and it reminds us that it's a very fragile relationship that we have with the planet mike and steve have you both always been passionate about that i mean have you been kind of like green and things along those lines or is this something new or is it a process for people that are so far removed from that right now Man, it's, it's really hard. I mean, I, I drive a Prius, but I'm a million miler on two airlines. I mean, we go forth and live every day with some cognitive dissonance. And all we can really do is just try and figure out how through every action we can, you know, it's, it sounds right, but reduce, reuse, recycle, whatever. Just be more mindful about how we approach the world. And it just makes sense. I mean, for people who don't even believe this is going on, at least they can get on board from a financial perspective and start to do the right thing. I couldn't say it any better, Mike. And I, what I would add is that uh, you're right. The film is more carrot than stick, and it's really it is it is not the kind of environmental film that's prescriptive and telling you all of the things that you need to do um, to fix something. Uh, it really comes from a place of celebration, of the celebration of of life on this planet, of what it means to be alive, and what it means to be connected with each other, and a, and a belief that we do know. If we come from that perspective, we do know how to um, how to shift things in our life to take all of that into account, and that's really the, at, at its essence. That's what the film is about. I love this quote. the The author of The Little Prince, uh, Saint Exupery, said, "If you want to build a ship, don't drum up people to collect wood and don't assign them task and work, but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea." And I think that's kind of the ethos of this film. And it's, awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, what have the reactions been so far to the uh, to the film? The reactions have been quite extraordinary, actually. The film premiered at South by Southwest down in Austin uh, a few weeks ago and uh, had a great reception there. Uh, and then um, uh, most recently was at Hot Docs up in Toronto, which is a Canadian premiere. And uh, the press and, uh, and all the reactions have been fantastic. And it's also been really quite extraordinary to do these events with people like Ron Guerin, um, who is an, uh, um, uh, an astronaut that spent two tours on the International Space Station, was up there for six months at one point with several spacewalks. He's prominently featured in the film. As great as he is in the film, he is even more exciting in person. He's really an extraordinary guy. And he's going to be there uh, on May 9th in Kansas City um, with the film. That's awesome. And so, and Mike, I do want to mention, too, this is this came together through um, a group called the Great Collaboration. I know you've done a lot of work with TEDx here in Kansas City and helped get that started. Uh, how's this for you? I mean, it's got to be an awesome experience. It's really fun. I mean, these are friends of mine. Uh, a Great Collaboration is it's a new organization, actually. And it's, it's made up of these really talented people that are coming from the film industry, the music and festival world, nonprofits, you know, intellectual programming, kind of the conference tracks. And they've got this really simple goal, entertain and inform. And, uh, you know, while we're doing that, I mean, hopefully we infect the consciousness, you know, participants with kind of these ideas that we hope will kind of accelerate the, the global change that we need to kind of fix our planet. And it, it sounds super ambitious, and, and it is, but in a way it's not. I mean, it's going to take a, a, literally thousands of these kinds of events and these, these types of activities to move the needle. And all these guys just want to be a little part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the event on May 9th. 
So what are the details of the event? So, besides, besides that we're going to have a lot of fun in this movie. I mean, I, I've watched the, uh, I watched the trailer, like I mentioned. I mean, it is just a stunning visual portrait of, of the world. Oh, that, that exactly right. It's astonishing. I mean, the way it's been filmed and how it's presented, it takes you on a ride that uh, you could probably get no other way. And, you know, so it's the film. I mean, obviously we're going to screen the film. We're going to follow that up with a panel discussion with the filmmakers and, and with Ron Guerin, uh, you know, the astronaut that's featured in the film. And from there, we're going to shift gears and, and do a performance with Barkley Martin's Hemispheres Project. Yeah, I, I saw that. So you're going to have um, Barkley Martin and Quixotic. Um, how do the how will those two groups perform together? How will that happen? Yeah, I, for those who know Quixotic, they're sure. probably expecting aerialist and daredevil feats of uh, amazing performance. They're actually producing the event, and it, they're bringing more the technical prowess of video mapping. And the project's all about transporting you to Madagascar, which is this, you know, tiny little island off the southeast coast, coast of Africa. And um, it's also a place where uh, 90% of it's, – it's a biodiversity hotspot. Mm-hmm. 90% of all the species of, of organisms that live there live no other place on the planet, and it's being encroached. But uh, what these guys are doing is bringing this sort of holographic experience of what it's like to be in Madagascar uh, framed by the music of, of the people that live there. And uh, it, it, it was at the living room last November mm-hmm. for a couple of days, and everybody that saw it was just blown away. And, and I was in the audience and just felt this, it was the perfect pairing for, for May 9th. And so this will be at the Folly Theater. What time does it start at? It's 7 p.m. Okay. And, and uh, tickets are really easy to find. Just find your way to the Folly website and look at, at upcoming events. And uh, we thought we'd uh, put a special offer. We're going to do there. a special offer today. Andrew, are you excited about this? Love special I know offers. you already have your tickets. but I did. I, I saw the um, trailer and immediately went online and bought them. But so. you can, you That's can, too bad because you could have saved uh, 50% on those tickets. <laughs> I tried to save 50% um, because I had the code, but I did VIP because I wanted front row because I'm a front row kind of guy. <laughs> I can tell that. Yeah, so, uh, you noticed so, it. Huh? So, uh, so the, what's the code is going to be grill, it's G-R-I-L-L. Yeah, just so follow the link through to the ticketing website, and when you see the promo code uh, button, just push that button, type in grill, and the first uh, 50 people that – Place orders will actually get half off, so buy one get one free. That'll be awesome, and uh, I will promote that via Twitter and, and Facebook too. So hopefully, we can actually have some people claiming those uh, with Grill G R I L L. Um, Steve, any final thoughts? Again, Steve, the executive producer of Planetary and founder of Pres- and president of Reconsider. Any final thoughts on on the movie and the event in Kansas City? I can't think of a better place to be showing Planetary and to be having this conversation and celebration and all the wonderful music that Mike's brought into this and all of the great people at a great collaboration. I can't think of a better place to do this than the heartland of America in Kansas City, Missouri. Well, Very con- well said. The Convention and Visitors Bureau is going to reach out to you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this, this is a great project, and uh, I've been involved in a number of kind of, a, I guess you would call it, intellectual programming types of events in Kansas City. And there is just a limitless thirst for this kind of, of programming where switched on people can kind of get together and experience something a little different and, you know, be entertained. Again, you can get your tickets at follytheater.org. Um, that's follytheater.org. I want to thank Mike Lundgren, the innovation strategist and a partner at a great company here in Kansas City, VML, and Steve Apcon, the executive producer of Planetary and founder and president of Reconsider for coming on Grill Nation today. And, uh, We're very excited to check out this film, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Grill Nation show. Really, really exciting interview. Guys, we're going to have a really big interview next with Matt Condon, so stick around. Coming back after the break here on the Grill Nation show on the KMBZ Business Channel, 1660 AM. Running down the street like your hair's on fire. Thoughts running fast like a man. Welcome back to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today on the KMBZ Business Channel, 1660 AM, and online at KMBZ.com. I also want to thank you uh, for listening through GrillNationShow.com and iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. We appreciate you joining us there, and we will post pictures of today's interview to the website at GrillNationShow.com. 
Very excited about our guest today. We have uh, Matt Condon, who is the CEO of Bardavon Health Innovations, and he is the CEO of ARC Physical Therapy Plus. Did I get all that right, Matt? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> He's also um, involved with the Greater Kansas City Chamber of Commerce and the Kansas City Chamber of Commerce's Big Five Initiative, which we've talked about on the show uh, in our former life as the Entrepreneur KC Show with um, Peter De Silva and others, uh, community leaders here in Kansas City. And so... Uh, my good friend Andrew Bash, who's a contributor to the uh, to the Grill Nation show and uh, owns Bash Real Estate Group, is also knows Matt and uh, been wanting to have Matt on the show for a while. So I'm I'm happy to have him here in studio today. He's he uh, comes highly recommended from a lot of uh, Kansas City's uh, people that are involved in making things happen. So welcome to the show, Matt. Well, thanks for having me here. It's an honor. I appreciate it. Really great to have you here. Um, talk to me about. Let's start off with your background. Um, I think you have a unique background. I, I I believe you're an attorney, right? I am. That's correct. So yeah. I'm a lawyer too. Oh yeah. But it looks like we're both entrepreneurs now. People so. don't like us. <laughs> yeah. Um so so tell me about kind of your background and, and, and where you grew up at and how kind yeah. of um you got to the entrepreneurial space. I, I always feel like, you know, when I'm asked that question that so much of my history led into where I am today. Um grew up on a farm in Iowa. Okay. I always talk about farming being really the purest form of entrepreneurialism. You plant a crop, uh, you hope and pray for enough sun and rain for a period of time, and then you harvest that crop, and then you spend one day either celebrating or mourning a bad crop, right. and then you get up the next day and you do it again. And so growing up in that environment, we, we grew up in Iowa, farmed a little over 2,000 acres there. Um, it was a great way to grow up. We, we uh, didn't have the stability of knowing the paycheck was coming in, but we also had the freedom and uh, belief in our future that we controlled our destiny. And so I kind of grew up with that entrepreneurial spirit. Did you, do you have come from degree. a big family up there in Iowa? I'm the last of seven, actually. Oh, wow. I'm the 56th grandchild, actually, on my side. So <laughs> enormous, yeah. That's big. Yeah. So, um, so you, you grew up, you know, you went to high school, obviously, up there and, and mm-hmm. farming and whatnot, and then you went off to college. Where'd you go to college up? Went to college, uh, we call it the Harvard of the Midwest, Iowa State University. Oh, I, I was I was thinking you would say uh, Truman State, but yeah. I, uh, I actually, you know, no, that's what I, all my yeah. Truman State friends say. Oh, really? Um, so you did go to Iowa State. With Iowa State, Cyclones. Uh, Cyclones, played football there for a little bit. Um, thankfully, met my wife, who was uh, much more committed to school than I was. And so, uh, <laughs> what you, what, uh, who was the coach back then? Uh, it was Jim Walden, actually. Jim and then, Walden. Um, my sophomore year, Dan McCartney took over for Jim Walden. Okay. Yeah. That yeah, was a great experience. It was, and I have lifelong friends, and uh, I, I, Played football, had some injuries that took me out of playing football, and so they they made me actually kind of a graduate assistant coach for my last two years of college there, and uh, and got you to stay involved. And you met your wife bit. in college. I actually knew her in high school. Okay, well now we really are in Iowa, yeah. aren't we? <laughs> she would not date me, uh, which was wise of her, and so it took several years of lobbying her to get her to to go on the first date. And, cool. Yeah, yeah. And we have four children now. It's been. That's awesome. amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. You, you you like to hear those stories. I'm 35 and have never been married, so <laughs> yeah. I'm still waiting for that. Uh, yeah, well, waiting, wait, waiting to propose. I guess you would say. Yeah, you don't want to. Right, Career's do always gotten yeah. gone first for me. Yeah, you want to take that as it comes. You don't want to force that for right. sure. That's yeah. true. So you, uh, she graduated from there. What was your major in uh, Iowa State? Um, exercise physiology. Um, then both my wife and I went on to do our MBAs. Um, okay. Did, and I got a year into my MBA program and started the joint JD MBA program. So, oh sure. Um, did that actually was working out at University of Toledo. Um, Coach Pinkle and their staff had kind of cleared the path. No, I didn't know about. I didn't do, know that doing the research for this interview. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm a big Mizzou guy. Are you? Right? I uh, went to law school there. So, oh, yeah. uh, and I got, I was in law school when Pinkle took over at Mizzou. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, that's that was cool. a great hire. I thought that was a great hire. He yeah, was, he was a great coach at Toledo. Um, so you kind of so, you kind of got the the early. call from them to do some coaching. Yeah, they just. Um, we were. I was gonna. We were gonna actually go to Pitt, and I was gonna do a GA at Pitt and be oh, a sure. graduate assistant coach. And then um, the Toledo staff kind of made cleared the path for us to go there. Um, started that experience, and then he left. Um, he left for for uh, University of Missouri, and um, that whole experience kind of was unique. And University of Kansas picked up my law school scholarship and brought me um, to KU. And who, so who knew? Who knew? Yeah, you who know, knew, you're right? in yeah. Toledo, and then Pinkle's involved, and now you're at KU. It's because the <laughs> athletic school. the athletic director from Toledo was became was Al Bowl. He oh, became right. the athletic director at KU during that time. So that was the worlds all kind of collided, and yeah, they did brought us here. To and Kansas you went City. to a Big Twelve school. You know, yeah, that's played right. Football. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. So you uh, so you weren't from here. So you moved here, I guess, for law school then, and yep. uh, 
and 2002. 2002. And uh, what, what would you think of uh, Kansas, I guess, at that time? Loved it. You know, uh, we, we talked a little earlier. I'm from a big family. So I already had uh, two siblings that were here. Mm-hmm. Um, so really familiar. And you know how Iowa State, we traveled down to the, the Big 8 or Big 12 tournament um, mm-hmm. in Mass. And so, they, go, uh, they go to Will- or they go to uh, Kelly's, right? Kelly's, yeah, that's right. So spent a lot <laughs> of time the, in Kansas City. Bar. Yeah, in college. Uh, and l- always loved the city. But yeah. um, really came here just thinking we were going to finish law school. Um, but put roots down here, and uh, we love it. And then had four babies, and yeah. things happen. So, right? um, so when you went to law school, well, I mean, as an attorney myself who <laughs> practices, but it's not his full time, you know, career. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts when you were taking the bar exam? I know you probably took it in Kansas, Missouri. Obviously, yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, did you? Did you? Did you have any aspirations to practice? No, I didn't. I, I actually, even when I went to did law you, school, you, did you know that beforehand, or? I did, I did. I really enjoyed law school, um, which is, I know, a little bit. Uh, well, you enjoy just, it. I mean, it's an yeah. extension of college for me, at least. <laughs> but then yeah. the last month or two, just last oh, month yeah. of the semester really stinks. The bar exam was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. But I knew it was a nice backdrop because I knew I wanted to go and start my own um, company if I could get the funding for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that if it didn't work, I could go be a lawyer, right? I mean, yeah. I felt I felt Yeah, you, you have the... Uh, you, you could you could always put up the shingle and start right. a law practice. You yeah. have that in, in your back pocket forever. Yeah, that's that's kind of the that was the mindset, and still to this day, I actually use uh, my law degree quite a bit in my my business practices, and I'm still licensed. I, I maintain my license, but um, certainly if there's anything really difficult that my companies need, I go hire it out because I'm sure. not that guy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so you you do get the CLEs like I do every every yeah, year, and I've got to get them in Missouri. Now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the, rushing the right key, now. The key to that is is to. Uh, and you know a lot of people, it's to go to the bigger firm, CLEs. Yeah. Because they're usually for a full day. Yep. They usually don't cost you very much. If, and sometimes they're free. So yeah. you can go out there. I know uh, Lathrop Engage has a really good one. Out at Sporting, Sporting Kansas City. Yeah, I got that one. yeah, we've probably been at the same one. Great, great speakers. Yeah, they always have the national. Yeah. Um, they had a Jeffrey Tubin one year. They had um, Roger Kosek. <laughs> then they had Lanny Davis last year. Yeah, I was there. So uh, yeah. it, I, I enjoy that one. That's, that's one. So yeah. you, um, so, okay, so you, we're going to get into this in the next segment, but you, you moved to Kansas City, I take it, from Lawrence, and then started uh, your business? Actually moved um, right away just to Lenexa. Okay. My wife was working and supporting me through law school, and I was just driving out on K-10 every day. Um, to, we were borrowing a car from her dad, mm-hmm. and I'd drop her off at work and then drive K-10 out and then come back and pick her up and, and go home. So, did yeah. she, now, what, was her, what did she think of the entrepreneurial side of you? Was she you all know, like, fired up about it, or why are you going, why are you going to a firm and making over 100000 a year off the bat? Yeah, you know, this is one of the things I think that has been one of the strengths of my ability is the support I had from my wife from the very beginning. It was never really, um, she's not somebody focused on the money or whatever. She wanted um, the experience of us to to be happy and be really passionate about what we were doing. And she knew that I didn't want to be a lawyer um, mm-hmm. in the traditional sense. So it was yeah. never an issue. It was never an issue. And I'm, and I'm to this day so thankful for her and her support for that. That's huge. Yeah. Um, we're talking to Matt Condon, who is the CEO of Bardavon Health Innovations and CEO of ARC Physical Therapy Plus. I really wanted to kind of kind of lay, lay the uh, framework and the groundwork for your background. In the next segment, uh, Matt, I want to get into kind of the growth of your original company and uh, kind of the sale of that and how that all Great. happened. I think a lot of entrepreneurs and business people listening will really be interested to see how that happened and, and how you kind of grew your new company. Um, and then also in the next segment after that, we'll get into um, what you're doing here in Kansas City with the Chamber of Commerce and with the Big Five Initiative. Uh, Matt Condon, CEO of Bardavan Health Innovations and CEO of ARC Physical Therapy Plus is our guest today on the Grill Nation Show. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Well, you can tell everybody. Welcome back to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us again today on the KMBZ Business Channel, 1660 AM and KMBZ.com. We're going to continue our interview with Matt Condon, the CEO of Bardavan Health Innovations and CEO of ARC Physical Therapy Plus. <clears throat> Matt, first of all, you know, we've heard about your background. You know, it's pretty cool that you, uh, you know, you, you, you went through law school. You did all that. You came to Kansas City. Uh, tell us about kind of how you got the idea to start your first company, which was ARC Physical Therapy Plus. And I know you did that around 2003. Yeah. Uh, take us through that. Sure. Actually, um, 
during grad school and law school, I had a friend who started a large physical therapy company out of Chicago. Um, and so as I was going through grad school and law school, I always say that they had me consult with them, but they really just bought me beer and pizza to visit with them about their business model through that experience. Sure. Um, and so I, I immediately um, started to get passionate about healthcare and specifically healthcare law through law school. And then even specific to that, there's a niche in healthcare workers' compensation, which affords itself really unique opportunities for transparency because unlike all the rest of healthcare, there's a HIPAA waiver in workers' comp that allows you to track um, information. And so um, I built a business plan around that, about a go-to-market business model um, focusing on the workers' compensation segment, which is largely employer-driven, mm-hmm. and um, really you know, um, coming to market with a unique value proposition. thought I was going to have to go work at a law firm for a while to save money mm-hmm. while I was studying for the bar. A gentleman kept contacting me, and uh, and he finally asked me what what was I going to do with my life. And I said I'm going to go work for a law firm, and then I'm going to start this company. And so um, he said, "Don't go work for a law firm. I'll invest in your company. If you run it, I'll fund it." And so that was 2000, and, and, May of 2003. And this is in this is in the Kansas City area at the time, right? It is, yeah. So you just kind of, I guess you'd been here for a few years in the the metropolitan area. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess you can call Lawrence that, but yeah. How, how did that happen? I mean, you, this is a family friend or somebody you knew from. It was a. It goes back to Iowa State. It was a, okay. a guy that I had played football with was coaching at the high school. Okay. And uh, he this this was a parent of one of the students, and he said, you know, I'm looking for someone to do some performance training for my daughter's basketball team. Mm-hmm. And he kept calling me, and I kept saying, I can't afford the gas money to go from Lenexa to North Kansas City. Sure. And he said, I'll pay you $100 an hour. And I said, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> and so then our relationship started and lasted. Um, he was a partner in the business and CFO of our business and a great friend of mine still to this day. Yeah. And, and that's cool how that, that works out. So so take us through the early years of ARC. It was scary. You know, I think all entrepreneurial stories have to be scary. Yeah. But uh, we raised um, a, a little over $100,000 to get started. And was that through family and friends or was that through a bank loan or how did that work? It was all through family and friends of um, the same gentleman, Kevin okay. O'Rourke, who I, I knew and, and still one of my best friends. So uh started it <clears throat> excuse me, in uh, 2003 with some initial capital Yeah, and just grew. Um, from that point, but we, you know, like, uh, all other small businesses, we struggled. I lost sleep about payroll early on. You know, we did tenant finish ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, location wasn't great, but we bootstrapped it together and, and made it happen. Did you, um, you know, talk, how many employees did you start with? Two, uh, started with, uh, it's funny. I, I brought a guy out of Paducah, uh, Kentucky, uh-huh. another guy from here in Kansas city took the leap, took, took pay cuts to be part of it. Um, we bought some uh, used equipment. Uh, we even bought, I always tell the story, we bought one, our, the file cabinet we bought had a Visa MasterCard uh, sticker on it. <laughs> and I love that file cabinet because even though we could not accept any um, credit cards, it yeah. made us look like a big company. Sure. And so I love that. I sure. love that sticker on there. Uh, <laughs> That's so cool. So yeah. you, so you um, where were you guys located at? We were located uh, 4101 East Connecticut Street. So in the north, um, kind of that, that, Industrial sector just north of downtown Kansas City. Oh, so like North Kansas City area. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it was, for you, you were like, this is all new to me. I mean, I grew up in uh, Northland uh, in Parkville, actually in Platte County. So that's Clay yeah. County side. But when you're coming downtown, you you grow through there. You, you do. Know, you you yeah. can take the Burlington Bridge downtown. So. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then you realize that if you're not from Kansas City, you don't know that that river is a force field. You're either north, <laughs> or, or north of the river or not. And they right. don't like crossing it. But um but we got through all that. Um, saw our first patient, I think, in July of 2003, and then through a ton of hard work and collaboration, and we brought on great people. I think by our um, 2013, we saw right at 70,000 visits. So it grew remarkably. That's unbelievable. And yeah. was that all in Kansas City? All in Kansas City, uh, Topeka, St. Joe, Springfield, um, Wichita. How quickly did you guys scale up your operations there? Um, so it was summer years? at first that was over really a 10 year period. And the first couple of years was tough, but, mm-hmm. um, we hit critical mass and then our kind of unique, um, again, value proposition started gaining momentum and em- more and more employers really started to grasp a hold of it and believe in it. And then it, and then their competitors would do it. And so it, once it, um, uh, once it started going, the momentum really picked up. And did you guys go out and fundraise more? We never point? did. Never did. We never did. Your, 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 revenue, your revenue was, was sufficient enough to pay for all the new yeah. employees. Yeah, we lived off cash. 
That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And and that that's something entrepreneurs that you know nowadays and we'll get into your your new business now sure. or down the road but um everyone thinks you know you read in the newspaper about you know funding rounds and this and that and all these great things and then it's um then it uh you know you see that some companies prosper without that. Yeah. Yeah, and if you can do it that's the best way. You maintain control, you maintain um you know what what you're doing um you, you know, I think that's the way you say true to your, that's the best way to say true to your mission. If you're going to raise capital, you just got to make sure that those capital sides are also bought into your mission. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause otherwise it can be difficult to do. Interesting. Um, okay. So talk to me about you guys kept growing. I mean, you, did you change your idea throughout the thing or was it kind of what you want to do the whole time? I mean, certainly the business plan changed, right? Like you set forth that business plan and it never goes exactly the map that you have planned out. But I think the basic um, core of the mission which was to provide a high value um, and, to, and to build and to, to verify and define that value through data um, was always a part of what we did. We, as we grew and started to scale and our volume grew, we, the infrastructure we needed to support that mission mm-hmm. changed and we started to develop software and um, pieces around it. Yeah, technology but the, really the changed, core, obviously, yeah, too, throughout yeah, that and, process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Over a decade, technology changes profoundly, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so, t- so then take us through the um, – the sale and how that all went down because that's something entrepreneurs and business people think about, you know, what's the exit strategy, but were you expecting to sell? Were you, no. did you have a strategy where you're just going to continue to make money and revenue and keep growing or what, how'd that all happen? Yeah. Everybody always, I, I read all these books and they talk about, you have to have an entrance and operating and an exit strategy. And that never made sense to me to have an exit strategy. I always had an entrance and an operating strategy, but mm-hmm. exit was never something I really contemplated. Um, it was growing. I loved it. I loved our people. And so, the idea was just to keep operating it into perpetuity. In 2013, though, what we really started to recognize was that we were gaining national employer clients, but it was really difficult to carve out a region, being Kansas City, to do things differently. And it was also diff- difficult to add bricks and mortar clinics to answer a national need. And so um, what we made a decision at that time was that the clinics at ARC would always be special, um, but we would really carve out the technology and the services part that made ARC really unique in this marketplace and, and figure out a way to license that technology to clinics all around the country. Mm-hmm. So that when we had a national employer, um, they would still use ARC in this region, but if they wanted ARC-like services in Paducah, Kentucky or LA, we'd be able to deploy our unique um, line of technology to be able to, to do that for them. And so um, we went through the process, had no idea what the valuation would be when we started. Mm-hmm. Um, it quickly became evident that other physical therapy providers around the country really recognized the unique value proposition and wanted to be a part of that, um, which was great for us. And then, yeah, on uh, December 13th, 2013, it was the night of the Iowa State basketball game. We closed on a transaction for 90% ownership in our ARC clinics to U.S. Physical Therapy, which is the largest pure play physical therapy player, um, publicly held player in the country. Where are they out of? They're out of Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. I go there quite a bit. Oh yeah. <laughs> so so you um you had eleven you had eleven clinics at the time, ninety full time employees. Yep. You had done eleven point five million in revenue. So you closed on a thirty six or actually a thirty six million dollar, uh-huh. forty million dollar deal. Yep. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. It and was, how old were we at this time? You're uh, you're, you're in thirties, obviously. Thirty seven, yeah. Two years ago. That's yeah. pretty awesome. And yeah. so what what were you thinking at that point? Um, you know, I was thinking that this was going to give me the opportunity to do what I wanted to do also. You know, um, it gave me the opportunity. For me, it was the best of both worlds. It was an exit, Mm -hmm. um, a partial exit, which was important. But it was also, um, it gave me the infrastructure and the scale to really take what ARC did locally and make it a national brand. Mm -hmm. And that was incredibly exciting to me. Yeah, that's awesome. And so so you did that. uh, And then... You know, you, you, you stayed on as CEO. I did, yeah. Which is interesting. And, and it is. Is yeah. that is that usually happen when you... Uh, no, I think that, that is a unique arrangement. For I mean, us, I would, sure. yeah, yeah. You usually see, like, you're a consultant. You, yeah. And you help out in a process, right, for a year or two. And yeah. You're done, right? This is a clearly unique situation. It is really what I say the best of both worlds, though, because I'm there. Um, at the corporate office for ARC is across the street from the corporate office at Bardavon. Okay. Those two teams are incredibly collaborative and um, invested in each other. Uh-huh. And so in many ways, it allows me to to do both jobs um, really effectively, I think, mm-hmm. and allows me to stay involved with the company that's been part of my history for the last 10 years and also grow the company that will be part of my future for the next 10 years. And so um, 
I love it. I okay. feel so fortunate. So, so take us through Bardavon then. You got about three minutes left in this segment. We can get into more in the next segment, but sure. That's the new business that that started in two thousand what thirteen? Two thousand and thirteen. Although the proof of concept really has been the last ten years at ARC, right? So right. the technology was um, proven inside of ARC was um, really um, fostered there, and now um, we're going out. So in the first year, we're in twenty three states. Um, growing pretty rapidly. We just closed actually our first major corporate client this morning. So we should oh, wow. bang a gong, right? It yeah, was, we should. A good morning. We, we had a gong, we'd bang yeah, it right now. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> and, it's, and it's a typical startup. There's a lot of sleepless nights and there's lots of worry and then there's joy and it's kind of a roller coaster ride. And um, I, I always say I, I didn't do drugs growing up, but I assume this is kind of what it's like, right? It's, it's uh, You know that it's incredibly exciting, but uh, too much of it will probably kill you. And so... In many ways, I've just uh, I've had such a blast with it. Yeah, and give us again the kind of the elevator pitch for Bardavan. Bardavan um, is really a, a, a group of um, technology and software solutions that are a hire to retire um, offering for employers. We help them hire the right employees. We help them manage them once they are through the healthcare system. When and if they need to navigate the healthcare system, we help return them to work efficiently and effectively. And overriding, we help um, coordinate wellness programs that really speak to the entirety of their employee set throughout their experience at the employer um, place. And we, we support all that with data and technology. And what happened with WorkSteps? That was last month, right? Yeah, WorkSteps is a national provider of post-offer employment testing. We did a partnership with them. gives us access to just over 1,000 providers to deploy our technology to on behalf of employers. Um, and it was the first of, we have a couple other announcements we think coming that, that scaled our network um, immediately to the entire country. What, uh, how many employees do you guys have now at Bardavon? 23, I think. That's yeah. amazing. So you get, you guys are, you're creating jobs here in, in this, in this area, which is great. Uh, um, you're, you're a startup that is employing people. Yeah. I think ARC, <laughs> I think we have right at 115 now at ARC and 23 across the street at Bardavon. So yeah, we've, uh, yeah. And this is, this community has certainly embraced us and been supportive of us. So I'm very thankful. For sure. And it's yeah. one of those things that when you're sitting in a law school classroom, you probably, uh, it hasn't taken that long. I mean, I know you you've put in the blood, sweat, and tears, but yeah. it's only been about ten years, a little over ten years. Yeah, it seems it does seem like a long ten years at times, <laughs> but um, yeah, there's been so many people that have been part of the story. That and you're also going out and raising more money. We'll get into that next yeah. segment. I want to talk to you about. Uh, we're going to get into Kansas City and what's going on with entrepreneurship here in town. I know you're more active that. in that with the chamber and all that, but also want to talk to you about any advice you might have and what you've learned by going to the coast. And sure. are we improving here in Kansas city with regards to raising funds? Uh, all those topics. Uh, we're talking to Matt Condon, who is the CEO of Bardavan health innovations and CEO of ARC physical therapy. Plus thanks for listening to the KMBZ business channel, 1660 AM. We'll be right back after the break. Hello and welcome back to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill, and we've uh, been joined by a guest co-host and contributor to Grill Nation and Grill National himself, Andrew Bash from the Bash Group. Hey, everybody. Better late than never. I apologize. <laughs> he's, uh, he's actually been with us for a while. He had to step out. We uh, we had him on the first segment. He's, he's coming back for the fourth segment. Right. So uh, um, welcome to the show, Andrew. And we're talking to Matt Condon, who's the CEO of Bardavan Health Innovations and CEO of ARC Physical Therapy. Plus, he's joined us on Grill Nation today. Um, you can check out more about Grill Nation at grillnationshow.com. Uh, Matt, we were talking about your new company, or I guess it's a couple years old now, and it's got yeah. twenty over 20 employees, <laughs> 22 yeah. states, but whatever. You you get my drift. You're a, you're a fast-moving entrepreneur. Tell us about uh, the funding aspects. I know you've been raising money, and you didn't do that with your first company. Yeah. Um, tell us what that's been like. I you've been traveling a lot, I know. I've been traveling a lot, and, I, and it's just different. Now I'm starting a technology company. It requires a little more capital than starting a services company. And it's um, it's been quite a learning experience. So I spent a fair amount of time between Boston and San Francisco and then a little bit down in Austin. Um, I've, been, I've been actually shocked how many Kansas City connections there are mm -hmm. in those places, I would say. Um, we were in Boston a few weeks ago, and four of the six venture capital firms we talked to had a Kansas City person um, there that had connections here, which is is comforting at some level. It's just um, they have whole industries out there set up to funding businesses. Um, and so 
you get a, a lot quicker access, more efficient access to to at least having the conversation about funding your business here. We're getting there, and there's a lot of great people committed to getting us there. We're just catching up to what the coasts have been able to do because mm-hmm. um, they've been doing it since the 70s, and we're just starting the process now. Yeah, we are. Um, it's amazing. So when you go out there, do you have a bunch of meetings set up, or do you usually just focus yeah. – you, you go to all these different VCs? Yeah, we, we usually – um, so my experience has been we go out there for you know really a 24-hour period and try to get six meetings in um, during that time. The nice thing about Boston especially – and Menlo Park also, they're very pretty small geographically, so you can get around. Mm-hmm. And they're usually, actually, the organizations are very close to each other. There's a uh, um, geographic density of those those firms also. So you can set them up, hit them, you know, they're 30 to 45-minute meetings, and then you move on. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Do you feel a connection in those meetings? Like, do you know whether it went well or not, or is it all yeah. numbers? Or, like, what? What's uh, tell us a little bit about what that feels like in there. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think that's one of the differences also to the coasts to here. They're very quick. I mean, they'll tell you in the first 30 minutes, no, or yes, we're interested. And for an entrepreneur who's looking for speed, that's um, awesome. You, you know, even if the answer is no, getting to it quickly is really beneficial. And so, um, and and often when they say no, they'll say this, no, we like the idea. It's just not for us, but we know three people that would like this idea. And so we'll put you in connection with them. Um, and that's that's really valuable as well. In knowing you personally and kind of how you operate, are you, when you in, are in there and you hear a no, uh, like a flat out no maybe, and yeah. you don't say we got three other people, in your mind at this point with the success you've had, are you pretty much like, well, then that's okay, we're going, you don't get down much? Yeah. What do you, what, tell us like what it's like to be in there and get a no or a yes. I think, I think that, um, in that capacity, when you hear no again, because it's pushing you along and you're moving farther down the track, it's it's okay. There's not it's not like it's, um, you know, you're you're devastated by that. At least you're getting direction. And I think for me, um, leading back on my ARC experience, this is really nationally scaling what ARC did. Bardavon is 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 putting that to a national scale. I have absolute confidence that it will work. It's just a matter of of how we navigate to get there. And so, um, you, you know, when we hear no, it's not for us. There's, I just move on really quickly because right. we've heard enough yeses too. Right, frankly, that's yeah. amazing. So, um, Matt, one of the things you're also very involved with is the Greater Kansas City Chamber of Commerce. Uh, we we had met, we talked about this off air at some point in the Northland. Yeah, uh, that's right, <laughs> a while ago. Yeah. But we also talked at the uh, annual chamber dinner, and so you are, I believe, the treasurer on the board there. I am. Yep. Okay. When did that start? And, and I know that you're um, you're very interested in that and very involved. Yeah, and in 2010, ARC won the Mr. K Entrepreneur of the Year Award. And so then that puts you a year you're on the chamber board um, as kind of an honorary position. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when I really started getting invested into kind of the civic entrepreneurial community of, of Kansas City, um, not just from Ewing Kaufman's influence. So I read a lot about him and was really inspired by him. But also um, recently at the, at the annual dinner this year, Henry Block, and you read about these iconic Kansas City entrepreneurs that were tremendously successful professionally, but equally committed to giving back to the community because they saw it as, again, laying that infrastructure for their children. And that moved me. I've got four kids that are going to grow up in this community, and I want this to be the kind of community that will support them in starting their own ventures or doing what you know whatever they want, whatever that may be. And so that led me to um, be inspired to get more involved, sat on a few boards for the chamber, and then this last year was was picked to be treasurer. So I'll be chair, I think in 2017. Um, and also gave me the opportunity, Peter De Silva, we talked about who had led the, um, um, the initiative on making Kansas city, the most entrepreneurial city in America. Mm-hmm. He, um, transitioned that to me this year. So I'm leading okay, that. So you right are now. leading the big five initiative on I entrepreneurship. I am. That's correct. So yeah. you do have a full plate here, huh? Andrew, he's, uh, uh, he's involved in about a, everything. I thought I was involved until I met Matt Conner. <laughs> yeah, no. Now, now I'm, now I'm yeah. way to take, but, uh, no. so, so talk about the big five. Where are we at with the entrepreneurship wing? Because now that you're in charge of it, you know, people, you know, reporters always want to see, you know, milestones, yeah. things they can easily write about. But, I mean, we've seen a huge uptick on no all kinds of things in the last three years since that started. Yeah, and I think it, as opposed to maybe the other four initiatives, you know, they and they evolve over time also, the entrepreneurial initiative has to be messy. You know, if you read Brad Feld's book about um, bringing, building the ecosystem – Anything that's entrepreneur-led is going to be kind of organic and messy, and you can't try to overmanage that or else you'll kill it. You've got to allow it to be um, a little bit chaotic. And so 
Um, we've done that, but we've, we've put infrastructure around it also in support. We've certainly, uh, you know, through Peter's leadership, there's been a lot more attention to the funding, um, requirements you see like flyover capital, capital start, yeah. start here. You get influence from mid America angels and some groups out of Lincoln. Um, you're getting outside capital, come into Kansas city and evaluate opportunities. You've got startup village, Kansas city source, think big, Link, what think big. Um, we've got green shoots here. We can't try to overmanage it cause we'll kill it but we have to make sure that we're supporting it all along and allowing it to be what it'll be. And the other thing is to, you know, it's, it's marked as an initiative. It's really a movement and it's going to take a decade to get really um, a lot of stuff done. Now we're going to do stuff every day and every week and every month, but I don't think we can um, look too much to um, real pivot points so quickly. Cause it's going to take a while to get us there. Mm-hmm. And what, what's your advice? <clears throat> I mean, cause I talk to entrepreneurs a lot. I mean, how do they get involved with the big five? Or how, what, is there any way to get involved? Or how do they yeah. communicate with what you guys are doing and build yeah. those relationships, I guess you would say? I think, you know, there's always channels. Uh, again, um, so I spent a fair amount of time in Startup Village, and Matthew Marcus is a great friend and neighbor. Mm-hmm. and um, Great guy. Great guy. Uh, Casey Sourcelink, also Maria Myers, what they've done is amazing. Kauffman Foundation, I feel like, has been really reinvested into this community recently sure. in the last several years. Yes. Um, and there's so much stuff going on. That I think, you know, finding a channel to navigate kind of your attention and focus and effort is, is meaningful um, because we're trying to get everybody. We're trying to, you know, raise all ships um, mm-hmm. as we go forward. So getting involved in one of those programs, there's always stuff for the chamber to get involved with, for sure. Um, we're, we're actually right now just starting um, the Mr. K Award again for this year. So 10 companies that will. We applied. We it. applied for SOC 101 applied for that. We'll get no, you there. We're, 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 uh, we're, we want to be acknowledged <laughs> as the. What, one there's always steps. There's always aspirational. Steps. Yeah, aspirational. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but I went to the festival or the small business celebration. I mean, it's a great thing. And it's a great thing. You guys are involved, and it's it's good to see people with those that are doing great work. So. Yeah, a lot of people working really hard in this community right now. For sure. Yeah. Um, Andrew, you want, want to uh, want to put Matt Conant on the grill? <laughs> oh, I always like to put with Matt our new Conan segment. On the grill. With our new segment sponsored by Kenny Hertz Perry Law Firm. Well, one I want to ask Matt because I've asked him this before. What is your favorite book? Because I think you'll appreciate the. Everybody will like this answer. Uh, my favorite book. Well, so I have I have two favorite books. Um, so one of my favorite books. When we talk about um, business books, I love the Steve Jobs um, uh, uh, biography, and I and I and I loved it because I felt like it wasn't one of the traditional business books that told us here's the right way to do business. You learned a lot of things about him. Some of them weren't. Um, weren't great. You learned about him personally, but you also learned about somebody that persevered, um, that was incredibly intense and passionate about what he did. And then some, sometimes you learn from his mistakes. And I found that really compelling. The other one that I always tell people, all of us are so busy. Andy, I know you, you've got children too. Um, the little blue truck is still the best business book I've ever read. If you really read the little blue truck and I read it to my kids almost every week, um, or every night, you learn uh, a lot of really important business ideas about treating people with respect and how when you do that or if you don't do that, that, that leads to future realities for you. I think Little Blue Truck is maybe one of the most uh, brilliant business books of all time. Little Blue Truck. Yeah, you got to write that down. Yeah, you should read it. I, I, I love that answer when we had lunch <laughs> together a few months back. Uh, Matt, what's your favorite startup of all time? Uh, so um, right now I'm, I'm really fascinated by uh, this is uh, – so Elon Musk and, and what he did and not just what he did uh, um, with his car organization, but how he started rocket ships. I don't know if you read um, hi, um, history of the electric car or history of the uh, it's a, there's a there's a um, there's a documentary um, and it, it talks about Elon Musk's um, as he navigated through his startups and how he literally decided that he was going to build rocket ships. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by his irreverence for, um, you know, the status quo. And it's what amazing, people tell him can't be, yeah, he's, he's really, that, that, that in and of itself is, uh, he, he's one of my, he's one of the people that I'm reading a lot about right now. Yeah. He seems to be the hot, uh, yeah. the hot guy out there and yeah. uh, doing amazing, I mean, rocket ships. I mean, yeah, even, even Tesla, Tesla was a big deal. Um, what are you most excited about right now? Um, in Kansas city? Um, I, I'm most excited about the fact that I had confidence in our generation's ability to make a really big shift here. Um, I'm most excited about when I visit with some of our iconic um, entrepreneurs, you know, Terry Dunn, um, you know, Cliff Illig, mm-hmm. uh, and some of the people that have come before us, how committed they are to supporting our generation and changing this, um, 
ecosystem in this in this geography and, and region in really profound ways because I think that collaboration will prove to be really important for our children as they come up. And so I had confidence in us and our ability to do something profound and, and disruptive, but I didn't know until recent years how much support there is from those that have come before us to help us make that happen. And so I think we got to bottle that right now and take advantage of it. I think so too. Matt, when you, with all the time you've spent in the, the healthcare industry and in your companies, uh, where do you see healthcare in 10 years? Like if everything worked out the way you wanted it to, and obviously that's a big question, but boil it down to the core of what it would look like for you. I'm eternally optimistic about where healthcare will get because technology will start to support the ability to drive data into our decision-making. And I think we're going to see a difference between price and value in, in really profound ways because the data will support that. So I think, you know, we are going to experience the wild west of healthcare for the next decade. You're going to see telehealth grow. You're going to see um, analytics in that space grow. We're going to start to be able to compare outcomes of providers along with their price um, in really profound ways. And so our, uh, we will experience healthcare in really unique ways. We'll, it'll be obviously more consumer driven, but more than that, we're going to have tools to make those decisions that we never had before. The, the space of healthcare technology, data analytics is, it's, it's, it's like, it is rocket science right now. The stuff that's happening is amazing and, and really exciting to me. Got a couple of quickies then. Sure. Uh, I was going to ask you about doctors versus lawyers, but we'll go on to the next <laughs> question. Um, what is your favorite city outside of Kansas City? Um, I would say San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah, I love San Francisco. You're there all the time, huh? Fair, fair amount. I do love it. Uh, I got a couple more, but we're running out of time here. Matt, uh, <laughs> Matt Condon, CEO of Bardavan Health Innovations and CEO of ARC Physical Therapy Plus and also involved. You're a Power 100 now in the KC Business Journal. Congratulations. Thank you. You're, you're doing a lot of great things with the Chamber and with the Big Five Initiative for Entrepreneurship. I appreciate you coming on Grill Nation today. And uh, how can we connect with you? Is there a website we can go to? Or? Uh, you can, www.bardavon.com. I'll give you my email is um, uh, is uh, mcondon at bardavon.com. Anybody's free. And I just want to thank you, yeah. Jason, and thank Andy Bash, who's one of my favorite people in the world. For He's a great guy. Thanks, he? buddy. And uh, we can Back connect with you. you on Twitter, at Condon. That's, That's C-O-N-D-O-N. That's right. Great. Well, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for joining us today on Grill Nation. We'll see you next week. Take care.